I'm Stephanie Hammond, and this is the Fruition Podcast. On this show, I sit down with passionate people who've brought their dreams to fruition. We'll explore different versions of success and fulfillment and dig into what was on their mind along the way. With these conversations, I hope we can all expand our sense of possibility. And who knows, maybe hearing their stories will inspire you to take action on yours. Welcome back. Hey, I hope you had a spooky Halloween last night. It is very much fall here in Seattle, and I'm going to be real with you. Fall has always been a struggle for me. It feels like the first day back from vacation, but it lasts for months. There's a lot of blank space, everything's slower and quieter. And in the past, it was really, really difficult for me to match that energy as, you know, a busybody must always be doing something impressive and big and wild and fun, girly. But we've been doing a lot of work around here these past few years, and I feel so much calmer. Yeah, I definitely still have highs and lows, but it usually doesn't become a worth thing anymore. Like in the past, I was like, wow, I'm such a big, boring loser, but I don't feel that way anymore. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back today and keep working on it. Just that you should know in case anyone else out there ever feels like they're not enough. You're not alone. And with work, we can start to move our way out of that mindset for good. So today we have a rock star breathwork facilitator, embodiment coach, and Reiki healer, Ashleen Elizabeth. She is, of course, going to share her fascinating journey, but also she's going to break down the power of these tools and how they can create space within our bodies for us to reconnect with our energy, our power, our mana, our life force. Breathwork is an ancient practice. And there's tons of methods out there that you can learn. You've probably heard of, you know, like the Wim Hof method, but there are many others like holotropic breath work or what Ashleen practices, the sacred breath method. I think there's over 50 different methods out there. There's also techniques like four, seven, eight breathing, where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then release for eight seconds. So if you want to try this on your own, do it four times in a row. The point is to change your breathing pattern to oxygenate and alkalize your blood, decrease your brain activity to a more hypnotic brainwave state, kind of like sleep, but you're awake. It reduces inflammation in your body. It calms your nervous system, and it just channels your attention and energy. All of that results in the release of stress hormones. So I feel really soothed after my sessions with Ashleen. And oftentimes you'll have an improved sense of clarity and focus. There are so many benefits. It's wild. They're using breathwork for PTSD, anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, strengthening immune systems, healing addictions. It's really, really profound. I think of it as a physical active meditation. Ashleen even walks us through a quick exercise towards the end of our session, so stay tuned for that. A fun fact that I learned is that our English word spirit comes from the Latin word spiritus, which means a breath. Your spirit, your energy, and your power are literally your breath. So breathwork is really an an incredibly profound modality to help you tap into that, that universal life force and energy that you have within you. Okay, current obsession. Jen eats good on Instagram and TikTok. 
She does a series where she makes five days of gluten and dairy-free dinners for three to four people on a $55 Trader Joe's grocery list. Incredibly genius. So I've been doing this for, I think, four weeks in a row, and she's like tangibly simplifying my life. Oh, also, (laughs) I blew it on the audio for this episode and on the next episode. So yikes. But... I'm learning and I won't make that mistake again. Okay, have a fabulous day. Follow this show and leave a review. Thanks. Bye. Hello, Ashleen. Welcome to the Fruition Podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. Really, really honored. I've been looking forward to it all day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been looking forward to it, honestly, since I first saw your page, Sierra, our mutual friend, shared it with me. And I was like, yes, yes, immediately. And then I had a breathwork session with you, which was my first breathwork session ever. And actually, I should take a step back for anybody listening. Mm-hmm. Ashleen is a breathwork facilitator, which is why <laughs> I took a breathwork session with her. But she's also, she's trained in Reiki. And she also is an embodiment guide and coach. So she infuses all of those practices into any session. I want, before we get into your background, I just want to talk for a second about breathwork. I feel the need to share with people that breathwork is not as intimidating as it might sound. And I've been, I've been feeling called to it for a long time. Mm. And I thought that Wim Hof was like the only tool out there or program, I guess. And Wim Hof, when I think of Wim Hof, I think of ice and water and like extreme situations Mm -hmm. (laughs) and holding your breath and um, hallucinating, like really intense experiences. And that was not your, your goal is to have a more gentle approach, it seems. And that's your, um, like your method of transporting people and helping them to open up. And so I, I don't know, I just feel called to at the top of this conversation, talk a little bit about breath work. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have resistance towards it and I can see it. It's almost like they have this call to do it and they have this call to do it with me. And yet they'll be like, oh, I can't do it this week. Or they'll, they'll like postpone it. Or they'll even tell me, Hey, I'm very nervous. And I think that when we've never done something before and we've heard about it and we've heard other people's experiences, we don't know what to expect. And what's really cool about breathwork is it's different every single time. Like, yes, I have the same approach and it's more of that feminine allowing and receptivity and very intuitive, but it's also um it is a gentler approach but sometimes what that means is when there's gentleness and when the body feels safe so much can come up and there can be these huge like catharsis releases and other things so i just want to say that but it's different every single time yet our bodies will show us especially when we're like yeah we're gonna do it it's almost like before the breath work things will come up for us that are like ready to be seen and that's kind of our subconscious being like okay it's ready and i think some people are kind of nervous about that because what our mind does especially because we're usually in right now we're in the beta brain wave and so the beta brain wave it analyzes it sees the external it judges it judges and assesses and um, makes assessments and so 
by doing that, um, it doesn't like the unfamiliar. It likes predictable. So people get that resistance towards it. Um, but what's really uh, interesting, and I love that you already brought it up, is that uh, breathwork, when we just talk about, I'm a breathwork facilitator. So I studied under sacred breath method. So there's many different types of breathwork. You can think of it as like an umbrella term. And there's many different types. There's many different uh, lineages. And so the one that I am studied under, or the one that I got a certification in, is really tapping into one part of the autonomic nervous system. So there's the sympathetic and then the parasympathetic. What we were doing was the activating the parasympathetic, which is the rest, digest, restored state. So if your body is activated more towards the sympathetic, it's probably your nervous system actually feels more comfortable in the fight, flight, or freeze mode, where usually, um, you know, it's, it's, we want our, we want our bodies, our bodies love to balance in between both. It's not like we always have to be in this parasympathetic. Um, it's not like we always have to be in the sympathetic, but to get into that oscillating in between is kind of the goal. So if your body doesn't know what safety feels like, or even just like taking a break and going internal, this is such a great approach because it allows people to breathe in a way that you're oxygenating the body, you're increasing the oxygen, you're decreasing the carbon dioxide, and you're changing your brainwave states along the way. So we go into the state where no longer we're focused on the external. Actually, my favorite compliment is when someone's like, I forgot you were even in the room. Which I totally <laughs> did. It was the weirdest <laughs> sensation when I heard your voice and I had completely forgotten that you were there on the other end. And this was over Zoom. So I was in my own space, totally in my own world. It was wild. Yeah. And that's what I love is to leave space for that for people because once your subconscious comes in and once we get to a certain point like i do actively and i do say things in the beginning to a point where it's like i'm continuing to encourage the breathing i'm encouraging certain things i might say certain things intuitively and really that's so you know that i'm there and sometimes we're still in that beta brainwave and we're still having that mental chatter. So once we start breathing in a certain way, the mental chatter starts to dissipate. Did you feel that? Like when you finally felt in the body, yes. it feels so cool. It yes. feels like almost like you're just breathing in a flow and we're breathing naturally how we came into this world, which is so cool. But some people um, got used to mouth breathing or breathing in a way that um, isn't really helpful for our nervous system. And so when, so when we breathe in this way, it slows down our brain waves. And so then you'll get into the alpha brain wave where it's like this deep meditative state. And that's when you get into the flow. And then you'll hear me less and less. And then all of a sudden you're in theta. And so theta is this dream time state. It's like, right, like right when we wake up, we're kind of in that state. And it's like, we know that we're awake and yet we're not just there to be fully uh, seeing things clearly. But what's cool is you do get clarity, but you get this clarity with your subconscious comes in, which is so cool because it creates about 95% or over of our reality. And that's what's so amazing is that usually we're in the conscious mind. So when we're in the subconscious, we can see what's really, what we're really seeing and those patterns and behaviors that we have. And sometimes 
um, you know, we can see like, wow, I'm really proud of myself or other times we're like, oh, that makes sense why I've been acting this way because of certain things that our subconscious will tell us. So um, it's really cool when we get into those layers and when we get into that brainwave state, and then that's when I don't really need to say much because we've already did the work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we've already let the breath do what it needs to do. And we don't want to over oxygenate the body. And then also your wisdom is going to say much more than I could ever say at that point. And I trust that. And I want, and I just lead people to trust themselves to feel safe enough because when we feel safe we do drop into those spaces we do allow ourselves to see what we don't normally allow ourselves to see and then the body just feels so safe that it feels like it can just release mm -hmm. it can purge it can do things in ways that it may not have felt safe enough to do because mm -hmm. of course what it wants to do is survive so yeah. Um, and I look at it as I want people to feel whole and I want them to embody their true authentic self. And we can only do that when we let go of things that have been holding us back. Yes. Yes. I love that. And one of the reasons that I was so drawn to you as a facilitator specifically is because of that more gentle, soft approach mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to open in your own time and in your own way. And like you just said, speaking and guiding and initiating at the beginning, but then just allowing your own brain and your own body to respond and open and show up as it needs to. That feels so much more empowering to me. And as a person who's been pretty intense and extreme, like, you know, growing up and in my childhood, definitely more of a physical person. Like I connect more to myself through my body, I think. And so I can get into that flow state when I'm doing something physical. And that's why I was really drawn to breath work, the idea of breath work at all, because it does feel like a physical way to get out of my brain I'm a big overthinker, a lot of chatter going on up there. Yeah, like just really, it seemed like a way that I could turn that off and just be in my body while still being in a relaxed, gentle, open state to receive from my subconscious. Whereas if I'm if I'm active physically in the world, I can get hits of those messages, but it's not such like a concentrated channel with other clients that you've worked with, how many of them are going in looking to let go versus receive yeah. either a pattern that you might have or a mindset? You're looking for a mindset shift. You want to let go of a limiting belief that you have maybe. But then lately, I've done a lot of that, but lately I'm, I'm opening myself to this idea of learning how to receive and, and maybe letting go of less and opening myself to more unknown. Yeah. Does that make any sense? It absolutely does. Yeah. And I want to, um, I will definitely answer that. But what I think what was great was um, I so relate to everything that you said. And what was really cool is you talking about that empowerment. And for me, that's what drew me or why I'm so drawn to breath work is because I actually found breath work through somatic therapy and being so disassociated. I ran the Boston Marathon. I did things that it was like, I needed to push myself in order for me to feel in my body. I knew I could go to those links, but it was almost like a, it was a battle of just going through that because um, I tore my ACL and meniscus. And I remember doing breath work and 
I felt this buzzing and tingling in my body. And I was like, I'm just doing this from my breath. Like I didn't take anything for this. And it was the most empowering feeling I've ever felt. And it was just like one of those moments where I was like, wow, I am so powerful. And this feels a little overwhelming at first. So I really get why my clients, like it, it feels overwhelming. They're getting this tetany, which we'll talk about, but it's just like these certain sensations that almost can take us back because we really don't know the amount of energy we give away to other people. And we don't allow ourselves to call back our energy and really feel our own energy and feel the power of it. And the, strength that comes with that and ju just that inner wisdom that comes with that and also that trust of being like wow if i can feel this and this is my own energy what can i do with this this is like so incredible so when i first started out it was more of like releasing and calming my nervous system so every single client has a different goal but what's so beautiful is that um what i hear or commonly I hear that uh, they get more than what they they uh, came in for. And I think giving something away can also coexist with receiving because when we let something go, we have so much room to receive. We have so much room to take in what we truly want to not only embody, but what we want to receive. If we feel like we're not deserving and there's something, a story we keep telling ourselves of, oh, I, I don't deserve this or even support people receiving support. That's the biggest thing. It's like our first couple of sessions is just them breathing. Yes. But like just, allowing themselves to be supported and feel safe in that container for them to fully be into the breath so that they can lose that control and ultimately surrender to the process and realize that that's real where the real power is is that surrendering you can see people shift and it's really powerful to see people shift and even the way that they show up whether it's in the next session or them just being like no like my boundaries are no and I don't want to be in this job anymore. Or um, it's just they're finally listening to themselves. And I love seeing that because they're coming up with their own conclusions. I'm not telling them anything. I'm just guiding them to their own conclusions and their subconscious. And I hope I still um, serve in that way because I think that is what helped me is that I was so scared of like I was so scared of um I would always ask and be and and ask others like what should I be doing how and that's so um disempowering and so when I finally felt this empowerment and I I threw breath work and many different modalities but breath work is like my the main one that I'm like it's it's profound it's changed my life and it's made me really trust myself and my intuition and be and just know that I've always had this deep knowing and I know other people do. And what if I just gave them the chance and myself the chance to really see where it leads me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And you made such a good point that they can be one in the same letting go and receiving because while you were speaking, I, I mean, my own, my own experience with you was that I felt so supported and I felt so surrounded by love. And it was really this like warm, positive experience, but to feel that I had to let go or begin to let go of the idea that I wasn't worthy of that support mm -hmm. or that um, 
receiving that support meant taking from others. And I think that there's a lot of work to go in that direction. But when I, I guess before going into that and even into this conversation, I was thinking that I have to identify those limiting beliefs and then choose to let go of those through the session. Obviously my type A analytical approach to these things, but it can be a, it can be a revolving door, you know, like maybe I just feel that I want to be open to receiving love or receiving support or just receiving in general. I don't even have to identify the limiting belief that's holding me back from experiencing that. I can allow my body to just bring up what needs to come up, let go of what it needs to let go of. And that's what's so cool about breathwork is it's so, it's, it's, there's so much wisdom and knowledge in different parts of your body throughout your whole body that you don't even have to pinpoint X, Y, and Z. You can just let it do its thing. And I, that's what I love about (laughs) this. You actually posted today, um, I forget the specifics, but something like, one breathwork session is like two years of psychotherapy. <laughs> and it yes. it really, it like when I logically apply my mind to it, I'm like, well, how, how could that be? But the physical body can do things that don't have to be explained. That I don't I'm have all, to make sense. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. And I, maybe someone could make sense of it. I actually, I felt this like huge ball of warm, buzzing energy in my stomach during the session and whether that was digestion or whether that was something else, I don't know, but it's like, you can feel shifts in your body and they come and they go and who knows what I'm letting go of in that moment. It's just that while you were speaking, that's what came to mind. And it was just, I I think our bodies are so powerful and this allows us to connect to our bodies and allow it to do its thing, allow it to express its power, how it needs to. People ask me clients, they're like, what is, how do I know intuition and anxiety or being anxious? And I think anxiousness, you're loud, it's loud. It's telling you like, it's very loud, but in intuition, it's very subtle. It doesn't have, it sometimes doesn't even make sense and it doesn't have to. Um, but it's, it's almost like this kind of, we have to tap into that and learn the, the difference because I think yes. so many people do, do things cause they were like, oh, well, I felt, you know, like I, I, something in me told me no. And it was really just, if I always ask them like, well, was it loud? Like, was it, was it chaotic? Was it noisy? And so I think that's usually our mind just like trying to, um, keep us safe. And so yeah. it's being gentle even with that. So that was a lot of brain, <laughs> but we should probably take a step back and just introduce you a little bit. So you are born and raised in Massachusetts, right? Even though yes. you live in Denver now, give us a glimpse into what life looked like a little bit before that move to Denver. You were looking to make some changes and you'd gone through some seasons of life. Had you begun um, the somatic therapy that you mentioned and and learning about some of these modalities while you were in Massachusetts, or did that all start to unfold when you were in Denver? I guess take us back to a few years before you left Massachusetts. Where where were you? Where was your mind? So I always knew I had a strong intuition, whether I listened to it or not. I don't know. That was always in question. But uh, <laughs> so I went to a college that I knew wasn't for me. And I would say the first time I knew something was an absolute no was when my nervous system was so 
out of like it was so dysregulated that for my freshman year I was in school for one year I thought I wanted to be a criminal psychologist and um, just I played soccer there and there were so many things but I wasn't planning to play soccer they were looking for subs and then I I tried out and then I actually started and got on the team but it was just like feeling everything felt off like it felt like it just I felt rushed into it and I don't know <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people are like this but I don't like feeling rushed into things I like taking my time I like knowing and, and being able to like sit with it so because I think do you know human design a little yeah, bit I was in my mind I was just thinking, what do you think I am <laughs> no so I'm a manifesting generator oh, okay, and okay. so but I need like um I'm a six two so I need like intuitive hits I'm a six two no way <laughs> This is all making sense. I'm a six-two generator. <laughs> that is so funny. <gasps> I only said reflector because of the waiting period. Uh, okay. Yeah. Needing time to make your decisions. No, I have these intuitive hits, but it's almost like I need, when I'm not clear about something, I need like time. But I remember one time in like 4th of July, someone was like, oh, so you were so excited for, to go back to college. And everything in me like I had a visceral experience where I was like I feel sick someone asking me a simple question I feel very sick so I knew and I had to make the hard decision of telling my mom (laughs) that I had to take that I'm I'm taking a year off and I'm figuring things out and that's when I knew I was like I'm gonna listen to myself even though like before I think I just always was like okay someone's gonna tell me like how what to do and so I didn't have necessarily a plan, but then I did. And I was like, I'm going to go to Elon. I saved up. I did all these things. I worked and I remember doing a yoga class and then something just hit me. I'm like, I'm going to get something in the mail. And I actually did. And I got accepted to Elon. So no way. Yeah. And so I went to Elon and I studied, I, I wanted to go into psychology still. And then I took a philosophy class and it just intrigued me so much. And I loved the, just the feeling of, wow, if we ask the, not necessarily right questions, but if we ask profound questions, it will lead to deeper conversations. And I felt like I was always known as the emotional deep person. (laughs) And so I felt really um, welcomed there. And I felt like, wow, this, this feels good. And I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging my beliefs. And so um I decided to uh get my bachelor's in philosophy while I did that I played rugby (laughs) hardcore yeah and then I had this idea that I wanted to uh train to go to Ireland to play there and just see how it goes and then I tore my ACL meniscus um and I went to Costa Rica to study abroad and that was that really taught me about um, a different way of living and it was really cool because I learned about sustainability there and it just was like these little moments in time that just really cultivated a lot of um, information for me to be like okay what is it that I want to do so I um, still had no plan because the plan was really to go to Ireland and that wasn't happening um, and so then I got I backpacked through Europe with one of my really good friends Nadia we went to nine different countries and then that's when it really opened up my mind and I'm like wow how we live here is just so different than how they live and I feel like I had this sense of confidence that I never it was almost like this 
confidence that maybe some people saw in me, but I never saw myself. So I did these odd jobs. Yeah, I just did work that I was like, what What am I doing? <laughs> felt It felt very forced and it felt like I was just doing it for money. And it made me question why I studied philosophy. And, and maybe people were right because they were always like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, you know, now it all makes sense. But in the time, it was like those moments of when you there's so much uncertainty, you're just questioning and just going through it. And a spinning instructor i was a nanny and then um one of my best friends she said that um the place that she was working for a medical company that they're hiring and so i went there and what was really cool is i had one of the best people my boss in my life and she was amazing and she just was so encouraging and was just saw my potential and it was just really nice to have that when I was before I got hired here, I found uh, a flight to Denver for $70 round trip. And I was like, I got to go. So I went, I got a rental. I had this really cool experience where I got to know people. And it was like those little moments of just seeing something and it just like really resonating. And there's like this, in, my intuition is like, wow, these people aren't just like asking for your name. They really want to get to know you. And I loved that because that's, how I am. That was always in the back of my mind. I was just looking up apartments in Boston and I was like, wow, it's really expensive. And something told me, just look up flights to Denver. And if it's under 200, book it. And it was 140 and I just booked it right then and there. Wow. So that was in August. I booked the flight for January 3rd and I sold everything. And then I didn't find a place until a week before I moved here. I mean, none of it made wow. sense. It sounds like you were newly, really committing to listening to your intuition. And that's a big commitment to make or a big leap of faith. Leave your job with no other job and no apartment to live in in Colorado. So were you scared in those moments making those decisions? It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. It was like everything will work out. I also... Um, saved up enough that it was, I was like, I will, it's, I, it's, I will figure it out. And I did. And I found a place, but yeah, I didn't have a job right away. And I just had these like little moments of like, I really want to get over my fear of public speaking. So I became a tour guide at a whiskey distillery. It really built this sense of confidence in me. Um, and yet that was a time that you don't know what you don't know. And I just was dysregulated and so um i always felt like i was like oh um people would say that i'm really grounded and calm but i didn't feel that way so i was like maybe i'm just an anxious person and so i did a couple of other jobs and then the pandemic happened and then i went through a breakup that really just shifted everything and i was like wow i have to take radical responsibility and heal and so when i did somatic therapy i was so overwhelmed with emotions i didn't even know how to pinpoint it and mm -hmm. that was learning how to regulate my nervous system was easily the greatest gift that i could have received mm -hmm. and it was so scary receiving support to trust i didn't really know how to trust um i still have times where i really have to change that story or that narrative, but like learning to trust myself 
and having those moments of being like, I trusted myself then, I can trust myself now mm-hmm. has really helped. There's times where I was like, did I make a mistake? I mean, my first year was really tough, but I've been here um, for, yeah, in January 3rd, it will be six years. And these past two years, I've been the most intentional in my life. I've created a business. I have amazing friends and family all over some through learn, uh, doing yoga teacher training, others through breath work, and then others through networking and just meeting people along the way. And mm-hmm. I love my life that I've created. I have a dog that I've been wanting since I was four years old. I gave up my favorite Power Rangers bike when I was four at a yard sale thinking I would get a dog. <laughs> and I just waited, you know, a couple of years. It's been amazing. And um I wouldn't change anything. I think everything led me to this moment. And I think I'm a big person that believes in growing and transformation and just not being stuck and that no matter what happened in the past, you can get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's learning just to progress and learning what really is meaningful to you. And for me right now, it's definitely connection, community, and um, really just learning more about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You really do seem like a person who shows up for the growth, no matter what you think it's going to look like. What is different about when you do that now versus when you were pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to get over something like public speaking and leading tours? Because you said that you were you had a dysregulated nervous system at the time, but you didn't really know it. But some might say from the outside, you were really intentional in that choice also. You know, you wanted to face this fear of yours and you set that intention to evolve and grow and you did and you got over it, but you did it with a dysregulated nervous system. So it can be done. And I've done that many times too. It just doesn't feel as good throughout. It doesn't. And yet I I don't, and I'm not saying not to do things because of a dysregulated nervous system. And also our nervous system is going to be dysregulated when we're doing something that feels like many people are like, I'm more scared of public speaking than death. And I don't know if it's not, I don't know if it's getting over the fear. I think it's being more comfortable with my fear and realizing that it doesn't have to control me. Mm-hmm. And that I could still, I'm still nervous. I still get mm-hmm. nervous. Like I just did a woman's circle and I took a break and it it's more, it's a different, I, I internalize it differently. I'm more excited because mm. it, the reason being is because I'm in my purpose now. Mm-hmm. Before I didn't have intention of being in my purpose. I just did it to do it. I mean, like whiskey isn't my purpose, but it like led me to do something that I was afraid to do. And I'm so grateful for it. I think now it's like, I have the sense of purpose and I'm serving in a way that feel makes me feel very fulfilled and I see my mission and I have a I have a different why now so that's why everything has changed for me I was really afraid I thought I was afraid of of intimacy with other people but what I was really afraid of was intimacy with myself because what that meant was I had to meet every part of me that was so scared of I had to meet every part of me that I've rejected I've had to meet every part of myself that felt like it wasn't good enough. I had to meet every part of myself that felt like um, that at times wasn't the nicest to myself and, and rejected other people because I was so scared 
of them finding me out or them seeing that I wasn't this person that they thought that I was. So, um, yeah, for me, that's really powerful because it's like when you can meet yourself in those ways and find that intimacy with yourself, you can meet people in such deep and profound ways. Yes. Yes. Wow. I so, so, so relate to that. And it's, an interesting experience too, when you do develop that relationship with yourself more so. I I found myself almost being like a little bit less willing to share, or I guess my sharing of myself was coming from a different place. Mm. And I, I think that this for me is the difference between doing something stepping through a fear or evolving or growing or pushing myself with a dysregulated nervous system versus a regulated nervous system is like where you're coming from with it. Like I was trying to face a fear or push myself to evolve or grow at from a place of insecurity, from a place of not enoughness, from a place of trying to prove myself. And that carries with it a very different energy than I'm showing up to this experience with self-worth. Um, here to just be honestly not not really showing up with any sort of agenda I think is what it is Mm. like I I would push myself into experiences because I thought that I should or I had to or that would make me more impressive or that would make me better or more loved and now not only do I know that those are no Or a yes, whatever it is. But now I know why, and I'm not there to prove anything. It's just to experience that experience if it's a yes for me. Yeah, and absolutely. and it's the it's the nervous system regulation I think allows for the clarity and the connection to yourself, but then also just the process of getting to know yourself, the intimacy that you develop with yourself. But but yeah, what I've noticed lately is I'm I'm almost holding back less because I was showing up. Mm to relationships or experiences with other people desperate for acceptance and wanting to overshare from a place of insecurity whereas now I find myself holding back a bit more because I I I don't know I'm still working through it but I think like I'm valuing myself a bit more in the sense that like I don't know if I want to give that piece over to you yet I don't know if I trust you enough yet to share this thought that I had or this feeling that I'm feeling, you know, like I want to experience it with myself now and I want to process it with myself. And like, maybe I'll share it with you down the line. Maybe I won't. Whereas in the past I was like, does anyone want to listen to my woes? (laughs) Please give me an answer. Like, anyways, that's just something that I've been thinking through lately, but, but it really is where are you coming from? What's that? What is the intention? You might be showing up with intention, but what is the intention? Yeah. And I think that is really intuitive, intuitive of you. And just knowing that, um, that's what I had to learn too. I'm okay now with being misunderstood because it's not coming from a place of needing to be accepted or validated. Yeah. So this is not something that I'm like, I am perfect. No, no. <laughs> because guess People, what? No. <laughs> We're guess working what? it out. It's real time. Yeah, <laughs> I get all the time. Things, yeah, there's things that happened last week. And and yeah. I but what I love is that 
I don't stay there any longer and I don't make it mean anything about me and I don't make it mean a story and I don't like you know like I was very much um in the victim like just seeing things as like people are doing stuff to me without realizing my power and being like no I actually um I get to create I get to co-create I get to I get to be the one that says like how I want to show up and how I want to be and also who I want to be around. And so um, it's a cool space to be in once you see the difference in that. I love studying Carl Jung and he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, you will allow it to direct your life and you will call it fate. Is that something that many of the people you've worked with face eventually maybe not from the outset I can imagine that the first couple of sessions are more of like an opening an exploration mm-hmm. and then and then more um like realizing a few sessions in is that something that people you've worked with regularly are facing or dealing with and it's a obstacle that they have to get through absolutely um it I have programs and I do I do um because I feel the more breath work you do, especially with the type of breath work that I do. So it's not just like you breathe and I should probably explain that a little bit. It's not just you breathe and you're out of it. So um, I have a container where I do a meditation or maybe I'll do some somatic embodiment before. If I feel like someone's in their head, maybe I'll do some somatic practices before just to get them into the body. Um, Really quick, can you explain just what that is? I know a lot of people listening don't know what somatic even means and and when you say somatic practices, what that is. Absolutely. So soma means, uh, soma means the body. And so it's relating to your body. And so doing practices, it just really means like, whether it's like shaking your hands Mm -hmm. or doing things in a way of like, just kind of moving. And so um, it, it's really, um, also just connecting with things that are like wow i feel um this tightness in my chest and so we'll kind of like go into that and be like oh well what does that feel like or and then go into it so that they're kind of getting more in tuned and they're stop um they're more out of the head and more into the body already starting out it just makes the process much easier for them um and for me to guide them so then we'll get into a meditation. I always do a curated playlist that I make. Um, and then we get into it, get into the breath. It's a nose, inhale, mouth, exhale. And for different people, sometimes I'll do like different um, different speeds. It just really depends on how many, how many breath works we've done together. Just kind of seeing their, it's a diaphragmatic breathing. So just seeing their lung capacity, what they can Um, really do at that time sometimes it's hard for people to breathe in that way and if you're an overthinker i just want you to breathe in through your nose out through your mouth (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. we'll go from there um and then they slow down the breath at a certain point if it's in person i'll do energy work if they're okay with touch if um not we just kind of integrate in a different way and then we do a nice long just allow them to come back to their breath come to rest And uh, typically it's anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15, just depending on people's process. I allow people to process more. So my sessions are usually around two hours. Um, And so um, I forget what I was saying before this, but I think what it does is like this process really allows people to get really into the body and express in ways that maybe they haven't expressed before and be really intuitive with it it's almost like delayering and like peeling the onion. So 
Um, it's like people, as they continue to do the breath work, as they continue to be guided, I also do in person, I do drumming and rattling because it helps the brain waves as well. And so that. it's like, it really allows people to drop into their subconscious in ways that it's like, again, your subconscious, once you start trusting it, and once you start trusting the process, there's so many nuances to it. But once you get in flow, sometimes it takes a couple sessions. Um, sometimes people get right into it. But uh, there's so much that can messages. I mean, I still do breath work, because there's times where I'm just in a state of needing more clarity, needing more to trust myself, or just needing that. And I have people help, like, hold space for me. I know I have amazing breath facilitators in my life. And then, um, but then I'll also do it on my own. And it's just, it's really great to get into those spaces. Um, so my clients, yes, I feel some people go just to regulate their nervous system. Um, because it's hard to get into those spaces of creativity and the, and the layering of the unknown and in your uh, theta brainwave and to be creative with it. Sometimes you can see visuals. Um, some people have compared it to like a psychedelic trip. And so, um, but if your body doesn't feel safe, it's not going to be able to go there because it's almost like it, it needs to feel like it's, it's even hard for some people to breathe. So in just the correct way. Um, so yeah, it all depends, but I would say, yeah, I, I create programs to help people to really dive in deeper and it really gives them the empowerment. And also, I guess it gives them the trust to be empowered, to start to make changes if they feel like they need to, but I feel like things just change because once you change, it's like your outer reality. There's so much that comes with that. There's so many synchronicities, there's things that happen. Um, but I feel like there's things that people know <laughs> and they just haven't made the decision on it and they're just waiting for something to like, be like, nope, this isn't it. Um, but again, that's that, that's that subtle intuition. And so it's like, we can either listen to it or we don't. And so that's where the responsibility comes. <laughs> um, yeah. Some people think dreams are just dreams and I think it's our subconscious telling us and really sharing information with us of, of what maybe the next steps are. I'm laughing because I had a dream with Adam Sandler last night. <laughs> we had a great time together. It was a blast. He seems like he would have, he would be a great time. He seems like he would be an absolute blast. So, I woke up and was like, that was fun. Dude. I'm going to meet Adam Sandler soon. No, but he someone told me that the people that show up in your dreams, the situations are always representation. Like oftentimes it, well, it's the, per, what does that person represent to you? And it's then the what is, exactly. Yes. So like and how you felt, but they were talking about some study. It was, it was like, um, as a part of, you know, like AI development or something like that, it was some sort of machine learning project. And they gave the system a problem to solve and it kept coming up with the same solution, same solution, same solution, like kind of stuck in a rut a bit or stuck in the same track and um, couldn't find another way around like this one or, or three solutions, whatever it was. But then when they introduced chaos into the situation, so whether it was like, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> something that a computer engineer would do. <laughs> but they introduced chaos oh, into the yeah. experiment and then the tool was able to offer a different solution. Like basically change its own perspective and see the problem from a different 
from a different view. And then with that, a different frame of mind came a different solution. And so someone was comparing that to dreams and saying that that's what your brain is doing, that it's not about the specific person or the specific situation, but it's the, your brain's introducing chaos into something that's um, like a a story or a pattern or or a problem or an issue or something that you're facing in your life or grappling with. Yeah painting a totally different picture over it to shift your frame of mind and look at it from a different perspective. And you don't have to come up with the solution on your own, but like your brain is doing that work for you to, to suss it out and, and shift its own perspective. I thought that was fascinating. It is so fascinating. And that's why even in breath works, like visuals that you have, it doesn't have to make sense. Obviously, these are pretty profound, um, you know, like awakenings that people can have when they experience a breathwork session. You said that you can do this with yourself. Do you have a daily breathwork practice? Do you just not go as deep? What's great is that I've learned different modalities and I just really have become in tuned with myself where it's like I've learned how to um which one I'm needing and go out of my little toolkit and pick it out. And mm-hmm. so um if I'm feeling kind of out of my body or just not present, I'll do things like getting into my senses or into my body by working out or just feeling um or even dancing. I dance mm-hmm. salsa and I love it because I I feel like it's the time where I'm not in my head. I'm in my body and I'm just like flowing and it feels so good. Um, and then there's times where I'm feeling like great, like tense in my chest and I'm like, okay, I need, that means I need to breathe. And so mm. this practice, do you want to do the practice together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sit in a comfortable position. Good. Roll back those shoulders. Yeah. Relax them. Close your eyes. Invite yourself just to take a deep breath in through the nose. Audible exhale out through the mouth. Deep inhale in. Exhale it out. Keep breathing like that and just relaxing your jaw. Feeling your sit bones on the earth. Feeling the earth support you while your breath is supporting you as well. And if your mind is wandering, that's okay. That's what the brain does. Good. I'm going to count for you now. You're going to inhale for four. One, two, three, four. Hold the breath. Exhale out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Fill up. Inhale for four. One, two, three, four, hold the breath and think of something you're ready to let go so you can be more present. Exhale out for six here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale in one, two, three, four. Hold the breath and see if you can feel a sensation in the body. Exhale out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Big inhale in. Side out. When you're ready, come back to the natural rhythm of your breath. Open your eyes. That feels so nice. Doesn't that feel yummy? Yeah, yeah, it does. 
So and when I'm feeling that way, I just need to ground. Yeah, but I but there's so many practices to just kind of it just depends on what you're needing. So if you're needing more energy working out or doing a certain breath, that's like and just like allowing yourself to really like amp it up. But um, if you're needing grounding, that's like a perfect thing. And if I'm just needing clarity, that's when I go into a deeper breath work. If I'm mm. needing just like a sense of um, there's things happening in my life that I'm feeling like there's something there that I can learn from, but it's just, it's too in my face that I can't really allow it to just be there. And so I'll take a, I'll allow my subconscious to show me exactly what I'm needing to see. I'm curious to know how things have showed up in your life differently since, um, changing your career path in this direction and obviously getting deeper and deeper in this work and embodying it more and, um, listening to your intuition more and listening to your yeses and your nos more and be more boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what has really been showing up for me and what's so interesting is I feel like each year it's like something different. So last year was really about just showing up in my leadership and really seeing myself as a leader and seeing all the support that I was receiving and being able to calm my nervous system enough around that to be able to hold that and um to be able to and just so much gratefulness came from um came from it it was it still amazes me because it's almost like the the universe are just signs from not just that but like people wanting to support me and just in ways of just seeing how um this is being received and my guidance is being received and just like even finding out about this training just it's just showing me that um this is definitely my path and doesn't mean that there's times where I don't second guess it but I think I came in the first year of trying to prove that and I think it was like proving that to myself that I'm like I just did this big scary leap like I did when I moved here by myself to Denver I have to work my ass off because that's all I've ever known. I mean, I started working at Dunkin' Donuts when I was 14 years old. <laughs> I bought my first car when I was 15. Like, I'm not afraid to work, but life doesn't have to be this hard. And so I had to take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm working myself to the point where I actually was like questioning whether this was my path because I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm serving. And I just felt like I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't like, I felt like there, I was, um, felt like I was serving, serving, giving, 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 but there was a sense of like not having time for myself or for joy or even for, um, to, to do things that I felt like, yes, this is my purpose, but this isn't my identity. And I felt like I was leaning into that, um, and so once I realized that, I took a step back. Um, I realized I could go, okay, what can I do that I love <laughs> that will be something that um, as I'm building my business, because it is, I mean, it is your first year, it's tough. 
like you're just you're you're doing so much i did a lot of like events for free i did over 30 events i've now done over 50 events group events and i had to take us i i did i had to take a step back um so in may around my birthday i um kind of realized it and i was like okay I was like, I'm going to look for, I'm not going to look for a nanny or job, but if it comes upon me, I'm going to do it. So I'm walking my dog at the park and there's a mom. So it just so happened that I talked about how I'm like, oh yeah, I'm looking for these days for nanny. If you know anyone, like something in me told me to say it, like just say it out loud. And she was like, oh, so happens. I'm looking for a nanny <laughs> those days. Yeah. Crazy. And then I had to get over this fear of being like, oh, I'm a failure if I'm not going full time. And it's given me so much life. I mean, I'm such a nurturer <laughs> by heart and I love it. And it's so much fun and it gives me so much space and creativity. And um, I'm, I can work while I'm uh, nannying. It's quite amazing. And um, since I did that, I'm not kidding, Stephanie, my business has grown. I mean, I have, I took a step back from group events and I had more clients want to do one-on-one -on -one privates. I've had people that want to do programs. Um, I, I just felt like now I get to do group events when it feels, when I feel like it feels good now. Taking that step back and leaning into my fear really created so much expansion, so much love for myself and just so much grace. I, I think in taking the pressure off of your business. By, by taking a step back like that and having another income stream that yeah. can help balance things out for you a little bit more allows the space for your aligned clients to come through. Like, absolutely, I don't know if that ever showed up for you in your practice, but you probably are attracting people who really are picking up what you're putting down, to put it simply, you know? Yes. Like, you don't I'm... have to over-explain or or really force it or, or over-educate or whatever you might have been doing, however that might have been showing up. But it sounds wow. like you were really over overworking to try to bring people in, but maybe those weren't even the right people. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much for that reflection because... I guess I never even took a moment to kind of look back and see, but that absolutely happened because of that. And I wouldn't be able to do the training that I'm in now that feels so aligned at this time. It feels so wow. much if it wasn't able, if I wasn't able to do that. So yeah, I have the best clients. They're so aligned and they're so appreciative and uh, so, wow. I'm going to sit, I'm like really taking that <laughs> in. I'm going to sit with that and <laughs> I just like opened my heart because it, it was, it was like, it, it's, it, that's a big part of it too. It's so, it's so big. Well, yes, I'm sure your clients have grown, like the number of clients. It also yeah. sounds like you've said the opportunities with your current clients have naturally increased as well. Like you've had clients asking for more regular sessions for yeah. programming for longer term commitments. And yeah. like you said, now you have wow. the space to do additional training. Like your business is not only expanding in that way, but now you're going to have new offerings. Like it's, it's exponentially growing because you took that pressure off of it to grow in a different yeah. way. Yeah. It's really cool big, to see. Thank you so much. And I increased my prices and I told some clients and I was, I, I'm just, I'm just a person that if I was doing work with you before, I'm not going to ask, like, you know, like you, you were a loyal, like a loyal client. And so I told one of my clients 
And then I received a payment and then a message from them. And it was like, I, I had tears in my eyes because it, it had nothing to do with the money. It was just like, he, uh, my client said, um, you know, um, I wanted to give this to you anyways, just so that it's a little nudge for you to know, like the impact that you have. And, that, wow. and it was, yeah, it was, I had, it was so touching sometimes in, in these professions people are afraid because it is such a nurturing and giving act, but it's also a business and this is how you make a living and you get, you get to live a life that you truly desire and you deserve because that's what you're, you're allowing your clients to you're offering for them and guiding them through is them in their wholeness and in their fullness and empowering them. Why do you not get to be empowered? hundred percent. That is such a good point. I love that. Wow. A piece of advice, a word of advice that you might have for the past version of self that you were, who was still in Massachusetts when you were taking a leap of faith, buying that plane ticket, moving to Denver before you really got into the flow of things. What's something that you might share with her who doesn't see what's in her future? It's still very unknown and unclear that I know you're doing this from a place of feeling unworthy, but you are going to feel you're, you get to allow yourself to move in an empowering way and get to feel the value that so many people see and that maybe you don't see yet. I don't know. I just would wish for her to see that the power that she had in making those decisions, that it wasn't for nothing but it also is like if she used that through confidence rather than through like the sense of feeling unworthy how much she would have shown up even more so Mm -hmm. yeah I think I would give her advice to show up with confidence and with loving intention and that like so much will so much will be opened up for her because of that and final question, what is a book or a resource or something maybe that you've listened to or experienced that really was pivotal and impactful for you? Absolutely, too. Okay. Um, Breath by James Nestor. Mm. <laughs> I to say it. So good. And then um, I love The Alchemist. Oh, I love yeah. it. And I read it on New Year's Eve last week. And I think it's going to be a tradition that I do because it was just like you get different. I got a different message almost every time. And um, yeah, it just it's really powerful because I think this explains it really sums up this podcast and our podcast Mm -hmm. in a nutshell is that we have all these ripples and we have all these ways that we can go and move and go in different directions And yet, like, it will always lead us in that if we do believe that we have a destiny, um, that nothing will really stop us because we always have that, like, inkling or intuition. And so can't mess it up even if you tried. (laughs) Hi, me again. If you made it all the way through, I bet you're pretty serious about moving the needle to align with your dreams and feel good in your own life. Good for you. Before you leave, I would love to hear a takeaway that you got from this episode in the reviews. That'll help me tailor conversations to be more useful to you in the future. Okay, you're the best. Thank you.